whatever your dream is, deep down inside, if you can continue to believe it and you can um, continue to fight, and even if you hit a you know a bump in the road here and there, even if you have a couple setbacks, even if you feel as though you wake up some days and you feel as though like I can't do this no more, just continue to push, and then when you break through, you're really gonna break through. My featured guest this week is Randy Foy. He's an 11-year NBA veteran. He played for the Brooklyn Nets last year. He was a star at Villanova. He's the host of a new podcast, Outside Shot. You can find it on iTunes. What will you learn this week? You're going to learn how to overcome adversity. Randy Foy lost people early on in his life. He's been battling the odds his entire life. He was born with organs on the wrong side of his body. He has overcome many obstacles. You'll also learn how to become a professional athlete. Very few people become a professional athlete. Randy Foy will share his path. How do you give back to the community? Randy Foy has the Randy Foy Foundation. He's given back to every community he's played in. How do you get involved and become an authentic member? He'll talk about that. How do you create your own platform like a podcast, Outside Shot? Randy Foy's podcast, you'll learn how he decided to do his own podcast and use his platform as a celebrity to do that. Also, what's it like playing in the NBA and the state of the NBA? These are all things we'll discuss with Randy Foy on this week's episode of Sports Business Radio. You can find the Sports Business Radio podcast over 13 years, 400 episodes featuring conversations with people like Mark Cuban, David Stern, Jeannie Buss, Charles Barkley, Jack Nicholas, and Kyrie Irving on iTunes or at sportsbusinessradio.com. We're ranked in the top 100 of the business news podcast section on iTunes. The Sports Business Radio podcast, why should you listen? We're going to help you learn directly from top sports and business executives athletes turn business people, content creators, and those working in and around the sports world. Whether you work in the sports or business world, you're a student trying to work in sports, or you just want to add overall business skills to your tool belt. We're going to bring you knowledge that you can apply to your life immediately after listening to our podcast each week. Follow us in between podcasts on Twitter at SB Radio. We've been named a top 50 followed by Forbes.com for three consecutive years. And on Instagram, at Sports Business Radio. Enjoy this episode with Randy Foy, NBA vet. Randy, thanks for taking the time to join us today. Before we get started, uh, we share a mutual friend. I know Noah Scheinman is helping you with the Outside Shot podcast. How are you enjoying working with Noah? He's a good dude, right? Yeah, Noah's great, man. He's uh, He's been unbelievable. Um, he's been doing you know, a lot of the the, the work as far as the production part of it, he's just been amazing at it. And I'm, I'm so thankful to have him on my side um, helping me with this. So I'm based in Portland, Oregon, and for a minute, you were a Portland Trailblazer on draft night. What was well, that I, like getting drafted well, and then I minutes later you're traded? <laughs> yeah, I knew that I, I knew I was going to Portland. I knew if Boston took me, I knew I was going to Portland. But I didn't know I was going to Minnesota after that. So I just was, like, prepared to say, hey, I've been on the East Coast my whole life, and I was prepared to just, you know, go to the um, – go all the way out west. And it was, it was like, for a little bit, it was like I was already homesick before anything even happened. But right after that, they let me know. They said, hey, you're going to um, – Minnesota's trying to make a trade for you right now, so just stand, stay still. So me and Brandon Roy actually sat in the back um, room – a back room – 
at draft time for like 30 minutes and we didn't know both we didn't know if he was going to minnesota and i was going to portland or vice versa so that was um that was probably the most stressful period of the draft for us but either way we know we're both blessed to be in the nba so we were excited either way and i remember you guys like swapped hats right yeah we so he gave me so when they they finally told um him he was going to um to portland they told me i was going to minnesota we like Gave each other, you know, we dapped each other up and and switched hats, and we start doing our interviews for our respective cities. That's funny. So let's dive into your podcast. I love the name of the podcast, Outside Shot, because to me, it has two meanings. One, you're a perimeter shooter, so outside shot. But then two, people overcoming odds. We're going to get into the podcast in a minute, but just the name itself, how did you come up with Outside Shot? So it wasn't, it wasn't only me, just um, it was me and Noah. Uh, he just was bouncing stuff off of me. I was bouncing stuff off of him, just different names. And Outside Shot at first was probably one of my least favorites because just because of what I do, um, what my, my day-to-day job is, known for, um, being known for a three-point shoot, I was like, man, that's, that's kind of corny. I don't know. <laughs> and then – he just started breaking it down like, Hey, listen, you know, when people, when people, um, get to a certain situation like you are, and you look at where you came from, you look at all the stuff that you, you have overcame. It's like an outside shot. And I was like, yeah, you're right. And I just thought about it for like a day or two. And I was like, yeah, you're right. We should go with that. And then I was looking at, I was reading stories about just reading like the bios on everybody who we were doing um, our podcast on, and I looked at Will, you know, that was an outside shot. Then I looked at Jeremy, then I looked at you know the mayor um, Karula, and it, I was like, then I looked at myself, and then just thinking about Jay Wright and just all these other people, Michelle Roberts, I was like, everybody's an outside shot. So I was like, this is cool, you know, like when I start really putting it, you know, everything into play just in my head and just imagining how things could be. It just was like that was like the perfect name for the um, podcast. Now, I like it a lot. Before we dig into the podcast and the specifics and let our audience know how they can find it and what it's about. Let's dive into your story, because you've got a really interesting story. And Randy, I followed your career and followed you at Villanova, but I honestly did not know the depth of your story until your podcast and until your first episode. But you've been an outside shot. You've overcome things. Your dad died when you were three. Uh, Your mom went missing when you were five. You were born with organs on the wrong side of your body. You have overcome many obstacles along the way. And you've had an 11-year career in the NBA. You have a college degree. You have a beautiful family, three daughters, beautiful wife. Like These are all things that are storybook, but you had to overcome a lot of things to get to where you are right now. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's what made me want to do it. The first thing that made me want to do it was my mom's. Uh, just the situation with the first episode this year, finding her and finding out that she she died in Brooklyn. That's what made me want to say, hey, I want to tell this story in my own words. Because at first, I was going to, me and Noah was thinking about doing something. We didn't know if we were going to do it on the internet. 
We didn't know if we were going to do like some talk um, sports radio stuff. We didn't know what we were going to do. And I just started just thinking about everything that I went through. And I just said to myself, like, you know, I, I was like, I could have been a statistic of the, of the environment that I grew up in. But I just believed that in myself, I just had faith. I had faith that no matter what was going on around me, that I will not become accustomed to that lifestyle. And, you know, with, you know, having sinus inversive with my organs being flipped, then um, my dad dying in a motorcycle accident uh, when I'm three, and then my mom's disappearing when I'm like five and a half, six years old. Um, this was all the odds were against me. But um, I, just, I just used to always say to myself, a little voice used to say to me, Against all odds, you gonna you gonna make it to where you want to go. Whatever you envision, and whatever your dream is deep down inside, if you can continue to believe it, and you can um, continue to fight, and even if you hit a you know a bump in the road here and there, even if you have a couple setbacks, even if you feel as though you wake up some days and you feel as though like I can't do this no more, just continue to push, and then when you break through, you're really gonna break through. So that's. You know, that's what, like, pushed me through every day. And then I had this amazing um, circle and support system where people believed in me, and they saw a lot of the things that I didn't see in myself. And whenever I hit one of those bumps in the road, they were always there to remind me and say, hey, you have talent, you're, you're special, and always remember that. So this this little setback is made for a major comeback. The first episode of Outside Shot deals with your mom, Regina, can you give our audience a little bit of insight on that story from the time she went missing to, I would say, some of the closure you were allowed to have last year, ironically playing in Brooklyn with the Nets? Okay, so when I was, when I was, um, like, I would say, like, my kindergarten graduation, five and a half, six years old, that's the last memory I had of my mom's. And I remember asking my grandmother, asking her, you know her brothers and her sisters, and just and no one knew where she was where she was at. And then I can remember, you know, asking my grandmother when I was like between the ages of like eight or eight and ten. And then, you know, just going through things, you know, just living in poverty stricken um, areas. She just my grandmother, you know, my mom's already gone for like five years, and she just had other stuff because she had me and my brother, and she had bills and. You know, to have a private investigator to go outside of the state and basically look for an individual, that's money. And at that time, it would have been taking money for me and my brother, her, and other people at the time who was um, living with us. So I guess she didn't she didn't want to, you know, open up no wounds where she said, hey, we basically tried, but it's not her and, and lose money. That's what I, I think deep down inside because it just was a – the income just wasn't there. So when I got to high school and I started to get really good at basketball, um, it just was always the stories like, oh, your mom's and then I would have to say, you know, my mom's and dad is deceased. Then he was like, oh, then we'd go into a story about it. So we'd go into a story about it. And then I remember reading stories since I was younger, like the feel-good stories. And I used to hate them stories because it was it was like, it's not telling the whole story. 
And then when I did mine when I was in high school, I just felt as though they didn't tell the whole story. Hmm. And so it just was like they always wanted to put in, like, oh, she went missing, and they always were saying, like, I was an orphan. Like, basically, like I said, I was an orphan on someone's front steps, and they found me. And and I used to hate those stories, so I, I, but I had to do them. So I remember doing it in college, and I remember doing the lead, and I was just like, I'm not doing this anymore. And I really, like, after my third year, I really never spoke about it again. Like, people knew, but I really never did it again. So this year... Um, I get to Brooklyn, and and I was saying to someone else, like it, it just felt like how everything with the free agency came about. It was like Brooklyn was there from the beginning. There were some other there were some other teams there, but it just was like you know Brooklyn feels right. And then the whole situation with um, you know KD going to you know um, Golden, Golden State. State. Right. If KD stays in. If KD stays in OKC, then I'm in OKC. But it's more like they was like, hey, you know, we want to, we're going to go a little younger because you know, we're going to build for the future. We're going to resign Russ, but we're going to build for the um, future. So it's just like, all right. So now I know Brooklyn's there. So I'm like, all right, let me go and see. Let me go and help Brooklyn. And I get to Brooklyn. I sign. I'm working out with Brooklyn like for a month, and I get a call. And it's like from the NBA. Um, it's from my agent, and it's like three four seven number area code, and it's like a six four six. And then I just like this lady from the the podcast. The lady leaves the message like, please leave. I mean, call me back. It's important. Um, it's the health and hygienics of New York State. Like that, and the first thing that comes to mind, I'm like, "What did I do in New York State?" Because I'm from New Jersey, so I'm like, "What did I do in New York State?" <laughs> right. And I'm saying to myself, "All right, I did a stress test, and they told me like, if I'm within two weeks if something's wrong, then I'm gonna have to. They're gonna call me and let me know that I, I didn't um, pass the stress test. So I'm thinking about my sinus and verses, or my heart and my organs, and then I just say to myself." Oh man, let me just call him and face the music. But I'm just to remind you, I'm at orientation with my two daughters. I'm at orientation with my five year old and my eight year old for kindergarten and going to the third grade at their school that they're attending. And then I get on the phone with Dr. Graham, and Dr. Graham says to me, um, he's like extremely nice. He says to me as a guy, he's like, hey, um, you know, how's everything? And he, then he, like, eases into the story. He's like, hey, tell me what, some stories about your moms. Tell me what you know about your moms. And then I, I basically tell him, um, this, like, just my, you know, kindergarten graduation and some things like that. But before I say anything, I'm like, man, why do you need to know about my mom? Right. And he's like, um, just tell me a few stories and then I'll let you know. So I tell him the stories and... He said, hey, man, I just need you to, I could be 100% right or I could be a million percent wrong, but I just need you, I think we have someone here, a Jane Doe, um, that might matches up with your story that you just told. Um, I did a story, I forget which New York paper, but I did a story talking about my mom's going, just being missing, and I, I remember saying I wasn't going to do those stories no more. And then everything just came back full circle that he sent me a DNA kit 
and I got my auntie swapped. I swapped, and I got my daughters, and then it came back, and that Jane Doe was Regina Foy, and the only reason he knew, he knew it was her the whole time from her fingerprints because she was in, she was arrested when she was um, younger, so he knew from her fingerprints that this was Regina Foy, but we just got to make sure this is the right Regina Foy, or if it could be another one. So we swapped, and it was her, and then we had to, we had to meet him at the state line. They had to zoom the body, and we had to meet him at the state line to to get the body and, you know, cremate her, have a, a small service, and now she's here at home with me. Wow. What a powerful story. And in that uncertainty and unknown since you were five and a half, do you feel like there's a sense of closure and, you know, having your mom there with you now, what does that mean to you? Man, it means the world. You know, I, every now and then I just, I will, I walk past like the, the urn with the ashes in it. And, you know, we were going through a tough stretch with the, um, like with the Nets, we were losing. And it was just like, I got in, I, I was injured, you know, some other people, um, Jeremy was injured, you know, just like a lot of guys were getting injured. And I just would walk past it and I just would say to myself, like, I would just say to her, like, hey, mom, we got a we got a game today. You know, just look over me, watch over me. More than anything, just protect my body, protect my team. You know, just talking to her. Like, and I caught myself doing that a lot when I during tough times. And I and I, that's the same thing I used to do uh, when I was young. I used to just you know say little things, little you know inspirational inspirational things to myself to just remind myself that you know you make yourself unique. Um, you're your competition. No one else is your competition. And I just did that, you know, on a daily basis, and that and that helped me um, in a huge way, because um, a lot of times, you know, what we do at times it can be stressful, uh, it can be it can be painful, but the only person that's going through it that can really understand it is you and other players, and if they have their if they can express certain things to their family and their loved ones, or their moms and their that's what I had this year with my mom. So I think this year just was, it was a unique year um, on and off the court, but more than anything, just in a day-to-day, um, just day-to-day life, it was unique because you, like, you grow. Like, I, I learned a lot of new things this year. Um, I considered to to jump out of the box instead of being, you know, conservative and, you know, Randy to just play everything safe. I kind of jumped out of the um, box and said, "Hey, I'm gonna tell my story." And yes, yeah, it's, it's gonna be painful at times, like talking about this or interviewing other people about ridiculous stories, or not ridiculous stories, but stories that they don't feel comfortable with. It's gonna be painful, but at the end of the day, it's the right thing to do. Sports Business Radio is sponsored by Boingo Wireless, the largest operator of indoor wireless networks in the U.S. Today's sports fans expect strong, fast mobile connections at their favorite stadiums. Research shows that fans will leave at halftime if they cannot get connected, which is part of the reason why professional and collegiate sports venues alike work with Boingo to manage their wireless networks. As the world's leading connectivity expert, Boingo knows how to make a venue's vision for the connected fan experience a reality. They are the only company that can provide end-to-end wireless service so teams can focus on the big game, not on their network. 
Boingo designs, installs, and manages Wi-Fi and cellular networks at university stadiums like K-State and the University of Houston and major league venues like Soldier Field, Phillips Arena, and Vivint Smart Home Arena. We're excited to showcase how technology is changing the business of sports, led by companies like Boingo. Boingo connects you to the people and things you love, like sports. For more information, visit boingo.com or email sports at boingo.com. When I'm not hosting Sports Business Radio, I'm the founder and CEO of the Sports PR Summit. The Sports PR Summit features East Coast and West Coast events that take place annually. The invite-only events bring together senior PR and social media executives from the pro and collegiate sports ranks, as well as from top sports corporations for panel discussions and valuable networking opportunities. Prominent media members and athletes share candid insights about the best ways for PR and social media executives to work most effectively with them. Fellow PR executives also share best practices. NASCAR legend Jeff Gordon, Boston Celtics star Isaiah Thomas, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman, Miami Dolphins owner Stephen Ross, and WNBA legend Lisa Leslie are just some of the people who have shared their perspective at our events. The 2017 Sports PR Summit will take place on Tuesday, May 23rd, at the Players' Tribune headquarters in New York City. The 2017 Sports PR Summit Social Media Workshop will take place on Wednesday, July 26th, at Twitter headquarters in San Francisco. Go to sportsprsummit.com to learn more about our events and to register. Now back to the podcast. Randy Foy, 11-year NBA vet, played for the Brooklyn Nets this past season, starred at Villanova, host of a new podcast, Outside Shot. You can find it on iTunes. You know, you grew up without parents, and we all have those substitute figures, coaches, grandparents, friends, and when you're five and a half and you're growing up to become a professional athlete, you need confidence. Like you have to believe in yourself. You can't get to where you got to without having some belief in yourself and confidence. Who were the people in your life since you didn't have parents that helped you be a confident person? And to tell you the truth from like growing up at that age, that's why I said my circle was unbelievable. I just had so many, so many male, um, Figures, because I won't, I won't say role models, but I had so many male figures that I basically never probably even told them, but I just, I was like a sponge, man. Like, I would watch them. I would watch how they do things on the court, um, off the court, and be like, wow, that's cool. Like, I want to model my life after that. And I would try to, at a, at a young age, I would try to model my, my life after playing ball and going to school. And one of the, the earliest people I can remember was a guy who lived on my block. We got really close. His name was, um, we called him Z. His name is Z Callahan. We got close. His mom's, um, I used to call him. We used to be like, I used to be like, oh, you're my God, brother. His mom used to be like, you're my God, son. And he just was a solid dude, man, where he, um, he took care of, um, he took care of business, even though he went to, a D3 school, which is unbelievable, coming out of, you know, Newark. And he started point guard. He went off four years. He got his degree. And then he started – I was in, I was like a sophomore at that time. And he just was around every day just helping me from workouts. Um, whatever, you know, whatever I needed, whatever any type of advice I, um, I needed, he was there to help me. And then you look at a guy like my high school coach, Coach Garb and Anthony Tavares, they were there – when he wasn't there to say, hey, you know, get your butt to class, 
Um, get here on time. When you're talking to somebody, make sure you look them in the eye. When you shake a man's hands, shake it with a firm grip and make sure you handle your business in class because if you don't, we don't know. It's, it's going to come back to haunt you. And then my AAU coach was the same way. He, he was like intertwined with my with my um, my high school coaches, just making sure I did everything right. And then when I got to college, you know, Coach Wright really, he just changed my perspective on what I already believed in, which was, you know, pride, hard work, sacrifice. And it's, it was something I believed in, but I, nev- I could never express it. And it just was like, wow, you know, I, I chose the right school. He just was unbelievable. And, and me and George Ravelin, two, like a week and a half ago, we just got inducted into the Big Five Hall of Fame which is um, the five big schools, the Division One schools in Philadelphia. So it's just, like I said, man, it just was um, it's just amazing, just some of the people who helped me in my life because I didn't have all of the answers, and I still don't have all the answers. But one thing I was good at was just being a sponge and watching things. And another thing, I was I was a good listener, and I was willing to sacrifice whatever it took to, you know, to help you know, not only myself succeed, but everybody. And then at the end, when you do that, you figure out, like, oh, I'm pretty good too. And that's when all the accolades and everything start coming your way. It's interesting. You've survived in the NBA for 11 years, which is quite an accomplishment. Uh, I mean, I think the average career span for an NBA player is about four or five years. Three and so, a half. Yeah. So, three and a half, four, I think. Okay, so you're at 11 years. You're going into your 12th year. Professionalism, yeah. coachability, conditioning, money management, these are all things, like if you could go back to when you were a rookie and now you're 11 years in, what have you learned about all of those areas that I just mentioned that have, you know, wow, if I would have known that when I was a rookie, that would have been great. And then it it seems like you're the type of guy that pays it forward, like you're helping the younger guys that are coming in now and taking them under your wing and saying, hey, this is how you do things the right way. Yeah, if I if I can go back and change anything, I wouldn't change anything. Like as far as how my my career went, you know, because there's been a lot of times where, you know, I, I look back on things and I kind of pinch myself or hit myself for playing with injuries that I know I probably should have set out with. But that's that part of me when I'm done playing and I say, hey, you know, after these 14 or 15 years that I'm done, and I look back, I'm gonna say I gave it everything I had, even. When I had, you know, a sprained knee or I had, you know, a sore back or broken bones or strained leg muscles, like I'm going to always look back and say I gave the game everything that I have. So I really don't look back on the game and say, you know, anything. Uh, I don't have no regrets. Um, as far as, you know, money management and doing things early on in my career, like I had, like I said, I always had an eye for, like, good people and surrounding myself with good people and just putting my money in the right places and allowing my money to grow where at the time you're looking at it, you know, leave out of your account at a young age and you're like, man, I could be doing so much, you know, with this fifty or $60,000. And, and then you look at it now, 11 years later, you're doing that every single year. And it's just like, wow, like I'm, I'm happy I did that. Then you're looking at it on an investment point where you're doing it with stocks and bonds also and it's like wow like i really have done well um with my money and 
I want to work after? Yeah, because I have never been in the house. I haven't never sat down in the house. But if I really just wanted to just stay in the house and just watch my my, my girls play soccer and basketball, then that's something that I, I can do. But at the end of the day, I, I have no regrets. I just, um, just I think the game of basketball, you know, every single night, thank the basketball gods for allowing me to be healthy enough um, to go out there and, and play at a high level at, at 11 years, to, to go out there and just know the game the way I know it and be, being able to help others and lead by example and just, you know, not on just on the court, but just even off the court, just helping guys understand that, you know, is a life after basketball. Basketball is a short career. This is something I understood from the beginning. Like, you always got to be preparing yourself um, after basketball. And this podcast and me doing, like, little things with the, the Players Association, um, this is helping me um, after basketball if I want to do something and have and work and have fun. So that's why, you know, I do it. But this is, like, this is like the perfect – it's like the perfect storm to me how this podcast came along. Um, it's pretty successful. Like as of this first week that it has been out, it's pretty successful. But at the at at the end of the day, we we want it to be even more successful. So that's why I'm talking to you. <laughs> that's right, Randy Foy, 11 year NBA vet, played for the Brooklyn Nets last year, starred at Villanova, host of a new podcast called Outside Shot. You can find it on iTunes now. The way I understand this is you're going to do seasons. So you're going to do like 10 to 12 episodes of season one of the podcast. Then you'll, you know, look and see from there. But again, the theme is people who have overcome. So uh, I've listened to your story like you from everything I read. And when I talked to Noah is like, all right, if I'm going to ask people to open up to me, meaning you on the podcast, You've got to set the groundwork with that on episode one, which you did by discussing your mom and that whole uh, story that we just talked about. I listened today on my drive into the studio to the episode you did with Will Sheridan, who Uh played, you know, I I think he played openly gay or he's come out since then. But he wasn't he wasn't like he came out to like three people. Okay, I think that was like his his roommate. One of his classmates, that was his class, and I think me. But that was it. He came out to. And this is back in the day when you know now it's so much more acceptable. More people are doing it. There's not quite as much pressure. But back then, the pressure must have been immense. And you know, I just thought it was a very interesting episode. I love that he's you know really found his footing in life and that. He has gone on to be a successful rapper, and he's very confident with everything that he does. But, you know, I think one of the things that's going to be great about your podcast is you're you're a good interviewer. And because you have a, a good relationship with someone like Will, it's a conversation you and Will could have that Will and I couldn't have because you have that relationship. So when you're talking to people that you have a relationship with, it's going to be a much deeper conversation. Yeah, like when me and Will sat down and spoke, it was more of just basically just explaining to the world what we already knew. Uh, and his career now, his life now, how he's doing now. But it wasn't anything where we sat down and it was it was planned like that for him to come out. And I didn't know, like I already knew. And, but I just wanted him, I just wanted to give him the platform to tell his story in his own words, where it's not time 
or someone in your ear telling you to hurry up. I wanted to allow him the platform to tell his own story and what he felt at the time while he was in college going through that situation because for anyone, that's rough. And I played with Jason. I played with Jason Collins too, and you you can't tell like those guys are like unbelievably strong, inspirational people because the way he played and the way he carried himself, you cannot tell. And I knew the whole time, but like it was like probably after like a week after he told me, it was like I didn't even like it was like that's Will man. Like he was in no one else. I said that's that's Will. This is a great person. He'd give you the shirt off his back. I remember a couple times some things happened with my um, with my family when people were sick at home. He gave me his car without even asking to drive two hours north to go home. And I remember him saying, like, hey, I got I can only go over a certain amount of miles. And I think I probably went over the miles. And he just was like, hey, man, you know, if someone's sick, that's more important than that. But that's the type of person he was. So I just said to myself, like, you know, Will, Will is like, you know, your brother where, you know, everyone goes through something. Everyone's probably hiding something. But do you stop, like, loving that person or do you stop respecting that person just because they are something that you're not or they're probably something that other people don't respect? And that was something I wouldn't allow the team to do or even myself to do. So Jeremy Lin is also going to be a guest on the podcast. You mentioned Michelle Roberts. Have you sat down and said, okay, I'm doing this podcast. It's outside shot. It's people overcoming. Like, here's my targeted list of people that I want to have on as guests. Yeah, I just got, I have a targeted list that I know I can grab. Like, Michelle Roberts hasn't been uh, interviewed yet, but we travel, and I'm a player, so I can always go to the new building in Manhattan and ask her to sit down with her and ask her for an hour and a half of her time. Jeremy Lenz is already done. Um, Jeremy Lenz has been done for about seven months now. So we just waiting for the launch and then the mapping out of it with me. Who goes first? Who goes second? Who goes third? We were going to put him first, but it was only right with everything going on and the way the podcast came about that I do my story first. But he's he's we don't know which number he's going to be yet, but he's like he's soon. Is there anyone on your your list that you're like, or maybe you know they're just in your head and you're like, I really want to have this person on. There, they'd be interesting. If there's a person that I really would like to have on, and just saying, I always, you know, me, just I like Brandon Marshall. I think that he's great. Um, yeah, he plays for the he's played for the Jets, and I think his story just and he's working now with CBS Sports. I just think his story is amazing uh, what he has overcome. Yeah. I can remember watching him in his early days with the Broncos, and then now watching him now, it just seemed like a 360-degree um, change. Where And that's like a story that I would like to hear, like to sit there and have a conversation, a story I would love to hear. So that's another guy who I would definitely want to reach out to before um, – before um, his training camp and his training, well, he's already training, but before he kicks into, you know, full gear. Let's discuss the state of the NBA currently versus when you first entered the league. I mean, let's just start with, like, the vet minimum now. 
I think for guys who've played 10 years or more like you is, is $3 million. So like if you're sitting there at the end of your career and you're like, well, do I want to hang it up and, and watch the girls play soccer or do I want to keep myself in shape for one more year? Like three mils, decent money and you're still in good shape and you're still, you know, a good contributor to the team. Like does that factor into how long you stick around? Um, like you said, like whenever you put numbers, this um, seven-digit numbers on anything, that's a lot of money. Yeah. So, but at the end of the day, to tell you the truth, it's, it's never about money. It's just a game that you were playing for free um, for so long that you just love to play, and just so happenedly that they pay people to play it, and you made a career out of it, you made a profession out of it. But I just look at it. And I just love being on the court. I love having fun on the court. I love, you know, being in the locker room, you know, pranks, you know, laughing and joking with the guys, you know, the ups and downs and seeing people grow. I love that, man. And um, at the end of the day, like most of the time during the year, you don't even realize, you know, oh, I'm getting paid this day or this day. You don't even realize it because you just enjoy playing basketball. That's pretty awesome. What about social media? You're on Twitter at Randy Foy, F-O-Y-E. Uh, how has that changed? Because that wasn't around when you first entered the league. Yeah, it wasn't. I think it was like my first, I think it was like my second year. I remember my um, assistant at the time, Christina, she's like, hey, it's this cool thing, um, Twitter, where you can put stuff out and you can write to people. <laughs> it's like everywhere. And she's like, you should make an account. And then I made an account. And then I was like, oh, this is weak. And then they see, you know, it's like, all right, everyone's on this. Everyone's adding people. And then you get the Instagram stuff that came that follows. And it's just like, wow, all this stuff is pretty, um, all this stuff is awesome. And it's just, it, like you said, it, like Instagram, Twitter, just social media in general, it helped me launch a lot of things. It helped me promote a lot of things where you're, text, you're touching more than just, you know, people who you know, people who you grew up with and family members. You're touching fans. You're touching uh, people all over the world in different continents. So social media has been extremely um, good to me. Well, and it's a great way for you to promote your new podcast, Outside Shot. I mean, you can put the link on there and you can let people know who your next guest is. And, you know, I always tell yeah, athletes it's, it's your currency. That's what that's exactly. So I put the link in my bio. So you, if you hit the link in my bio, it goes right to the page where you can subscribe. Like like I say, you know, I put everything in bold letters and hashtag. It says subscribe, rate it, and review it because um, that means a lot to us. It's just showing the people, you know, really paying attention to it, really listening, and, and telling us what they what they like and what they don't like. And I just think, you know, just that platform or social media is allowing us to do it. You tweet it out with the links and people can click on it and be like, oh, you know, I didn't know that this was going on. You know, it'd probably be somebody who, who you missed on your last four posts, but you catch them on your fifth post right. and they say, hey, this is cool. You have given back to every community that you've played in. You have the Randy Foy Foundation. Why is giving back to the community and getting involved in the community? A lot of athletes, you know, they play in a community, but they don't really get involved. You've gotten involved. Why? Just because I know it was, um, it's just something that, you know, you should do, especially with my foundation. Just helping kids in my neighborhood was important. Like, I wasn't really worried about any other 
um, neighborhoods or any um, other places except for my neighborhood and kids. It just so happens when you go different places, you you look at and realize, say, man, it's like kids at risk. You know, it's kids that struggling in every single um, neighborhood and, you know, in this country. And so whatever city I'm in, if it's just going back, you know, reading a book or if it's donating shoes or if it's donating, you know, a couple thousand dollars or if it's donating backpacks or whatever, you know, we the Randy Ford Foundation, we always have been there and have done what we could um, have done to help to, them kids out. And so that's been, that's like I said, that's been pretty cool and amazing too. The other thing I smiles on kids' face. Yeah, it's great. And the other thing I admire about you is is you seem to be a family guy. You've got three daughters, like you mentioned. You've got a wife. Pro athletes are on the road a lot. You travel a lot for what you do. How do you make the family life thrive? Because it's not as easy as you make it appear to be. Well, it's just like I said, man. It's it's like it's a team thing where we work together. Like now is like my time of, um, you know, doing a lot of the stuff with the, you know, going to the games and just, you know, being there. You know, I, I was talking to someone. They was like, oh, you got a daddy-do list that you're off because, you know, daughters at the dentist, you know, going to the doctors, just making sure everything's right um, for the summertime, you know, vacations. Right. Just, just having fun, just, you know, everything you couldn't do. But they're there every step of the way. Um, good games, bad games, whatever it is going on during the season. There, there. So that's pretty cool. Well, and the fact that you didn't have parents after the age of five and a half, I would guess that that really enters into how you are as a parent because you want to be there even more for for your girls. Would that be true? Yeah. So that's what we try to do. We just, you know, there's a lot of questions asked, like, why are we doing this or why are we doing this for um, Grandma Regina? And just, you know, just let them know, like, hey, you know, well, I didn't get the chance to do this as a kid. You know, so we're gonna we're gonna do this together. We're gonna go to DC and go to these monuments, or we're gonna go to Niagara Falls, or we're gonna go to these water parks together and have fun. Last question for you: You are an outside shot. You've overcome a lot in your life, as we discussed in this conversation. For people listening to this podcast right now, what advice would you give them if they're an outside shot? If they're trying to overcome something? If you're if you're listening to this podcast, um, you should be because it's inspiring. It's different. The production part with Noah is um, is amazing. But if you listen to this podcast and you're saying to yourself, "Hey, no one gave me a shot," but every single day I'm continuing to grind. Um, I'm not giving in. I'm not giving up. That's exactly what outside shot is: not giving in, not giving up. Um, by any means. You're not taking a back seat. If you feel as though you're supposed to be here in your heart and you're not there and you're continuing to keep pushing and pushing and you may have a couple setbacks, um, but the outside shot part is you're not giving up. That you understand that whatever comes to you that's really, really good, if it's easy, it's not meant to be. But if you work hard for it and you give it everything you got and you get punched and, and put back on your butt but you brush yourself off and get up and keep walking forward towards your dream then at the end of the day when you achieve that dream when you accomplish um those those goals that you set into place that you're going to feel so much 
better about yourself that nothing wasn't given to you. And you're gonna be a, not only a, whatever whatever profession you're in or whatever the dream is that you're gonna be better at, but you're gonna be a better person at the end of the day. And I think that's what I, what my intentions of putting this podcast together was was just saying, hey, you you might not have everything set in stone for you, but if you believe in yourself, you believe in your craft and you have the right mindset of saying, I'm not going to lose, then you're going to be fine. Inspiring stuff from Randy Foy, 11-year NBA vet, played for the Brooklyn Nets last year, starred at Villanova, host of a new podcast, Outside Shot. Find it on iTunes. You can also find it on Google Play for Android phone users. Subscribe and then rate and review Outside Shot with Randy Foy. Randy, you're an inspiration. Thank you for taking the time. I wish you the best of luck with your podcast and continued success with your NBA career and with your family. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me on, too, man. Appreciate it. All right. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. When I'm not hosting Sports Business Radio, I'm sitting in locker rooms with athletes and coaches and boardrooms with executives for our firm, Everything is on the Record. Our interactive and engaging trainings help our clients better navigate the tricky social media and media landscape that exists today. In a day and age where everything is on the record and can be broadcast in real time on Periscope or Facebook Live, the margin of error is very slim, and your brand and the brands you are connected to can be ruined in just seconds. As the VP of Outside Perspective, we can say the delicate things that need to be said to your high-profile executives, athletes, or coaches. From the WNBA and the NBA, to Major League Soccer and the NWSL, to a variety of corporate clients, top leagues, teams, brands, and corporations, they trust us to guide their key spokespeople. Learn more about our services and see how we can guide you by visiting everythingisontherecord.com. Now back to the podcast. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. Thanks to our friends at Boingo Wireless for powering our Sports Business Radio Roadshow. Follow them online at boingo.com or on Twitter at Boingo. A podcast reminder, you can catch our show on demand via podcast. Go to iTunes, type in Sports Business Radio. We're rated in the top 50 business news podcasts. You can also find our show on Audio Boom via the TuneIn Radio and Stitcher apps, and, of course, at sportsbusinessradio.com. Follow me on Twitter in between shows at SB Radio. Follow us on Instagram at sportsbusinessradio. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio.